just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance and Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro... Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. The year is 2024. Happy New Year! It's time to figure out what is going on the list. everyone and welcome to uh, Unspooled. I am Paul Shear, joined as always by Amy Nicholson. What's up, Amy? What is up, Paul? Happy New Year. Are you ready to get brutal about this whole list? Yes, I am. You know, this is an episode that I kind of dread and one that I really look forward to because, you know, the premise of this show has been what films belong in outer space. And people get mad at us. People get... Uh, very much in their feelings when we kick things off, when we put things on. And this is a moment where I always know that you and I are going to have to make some very tough choices. And unlike an AFI list, it, we really barter here. We're going to make some choices today that will surprise you. We're going to make some choices here today that will anger you. Um, but you know what? It's all in fun. And here's the one thing that's not in fun. This list is going to space. I know that it's part of the show. And we've been saying it since the beginning, but I just want people to know it is going to outer space. So, Amy, do you think we should go through the list of films that we talked about in the last year on Unspooled? Oh, I'm ready, Paul, because now that we're in a new year, my slate is clean with Santa. I'm good. I'm about to do some evil, evil wheeling and dealing. I am so ready for this. All right, Amy, we are back and we have a very important task in front of us. We have done a lot of movies on the show this year, and we are going to decide what goes on the Amy and Paul Institute list. Now, currently, our list is uh, standing at a very respectable, uh, I would say, uh, 70 picks. 69. But it's actually 69. Sorry. Uh, yeah, 69. <laughs> and we're going to add we're going to add a couple more today. But. Uh, we had so much fun last episode when we talked to our entire team 
to bring them back into the conversation one more time to talk about what belongs on the list. So please welcome to the show our, our current producers, Josh Richmond, Jess Cisneros. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Hi, hi. And our former producer, but also someone whose opinion we often go to, Devin Bryant. Welcome, Devin. Hello. All right. We are back and we are ready to make a lot of big choices. We've all voted on the movies that we've done in the last year. And Amy, let's get into what is going to space. Now, uh, Devin, you've been away for a little bit. I have, but I have been keeping tabs. I okay. always check in on what you guys are covering, because uh, as you know, the second I leave, you covered like five of my favorite movies. I, <laughs> we, we felt that. We and had I, to and wait until you left, otherwise we weren't going to get to talk at all. They did it on purpose, really. Yeah, I, I know. I know they did. <laughs> you know, Paul, I want to see just as like as a recap, the fastest recap micro machine way possible. Can we say all of the movies we covered this year? I'll start. Are you ready for this challenge? Yes, let's go. Okay. Midsummer, Hellraiser, Jennifer's Body, Halloween, Ringu, Goldfinger, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, Casino Royale, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Thelma and Louise, Black Swan. Avatar, Die Hard, Jean Dielman, Blue Velvet, Star Wars, Last Jedi, Crash, The Notebook, Magic Mike, Magic Mike, XXL, Hollywood Shuffle, Creed. John Wick, In Bruges, El Mariachi, Evil Dead 2, What We Do in the Shadows, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, The Little Mermaid Labyrinth, Inside Out. Star Trek First Contact, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Hot Fuzz, There Will Be Blood, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Barbie Oppenheimer, Legally Blonde, any Mission Impossible film, American Psycho, Bullet, The Karate Kid, Imitation of Life, Saw, Hairspray, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, Election, Fight Club, The Hunger Games, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Stop Making Sense, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, The Emperor's New Groove, and Edward Scissorhands. Wow. And Who Framed Roger Rabbit <laughs> and Shoulder to Men, which are ineligible for today's discussion because they are already on the list as we voted on midway through the year. Yes, they are already on the list. And a couple of asterisks uh, that we just want to add here, that The Thing is currently on our list that we're sending to space, but could be replaced with another John Carpenter, or it could stay. Uh, Boogie Nights, right, on the list, but could be replaced with another PTA. And RRR, we did um, put it on the list, but we kind of put a pin there. We wanted to see, like, where will we be in a year with RRR? Does it belong on the list? Right. Like, in a year, will the impact of a man punching a tiger wear off a little bit? And we'll say, <laughs> hey, you're great, but maybe not all-time great. <laughs> and what has been great is that we we all voted. Everyone that you just heard here today, uh, we've all voted on this and picked movies that we believe uh, would be on the list. And, and, uh, and it's been interesting, because I actually found myself going through this list, going... I love a lot of these movies, but there's not a lot I would put on this list this year. I think I only submitted nine films. You oh, did only wow. submit nine films. I felt weirdly the same, uh, Paul, when I've got this list through and I was like scanning through it. I'm like, God, I love all these movies. Then when I got to do the 10, I found it really easy, actually. I, yeah. I ended at nine and I was kind of like, what is my 10th? I know. Look, I, as you know, from from the from the unspoiled producer's perspective, I will say that I, as listeners may notice, I think that when we've started planning our 2023 selections, we've started deciding to take certain films. I won't name specific films because they might come up today, but films that maybe we would, don't necessarily think, oh, this is an obvious contender for one of the hundred greatest movies of all time, but we just really want to talk about it, and we think mm -hmm. it would make a great discussion. And I think we had a little bit more of those films this year, which maybe made winnowing things down a little easier. Well, I want to say then right up now at this top part of this conversation, we don't have to put on 10 films for the sake of putting on 10 films. Let, no, not at all. Right? No. Let's take a real series. I love it. I mean, I submitted 11 because I can't count. But like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I think that there are um, at least two that universally 
we are pretty much all on the same page on. And I will say the number one that we are all on the same page on is, you guessed it, a Christmas movie in itself, Die Hard. Right? Die Hard got a vote from me, got a vote from Amy, got a vote from Josh, got a vote from Jess, got a vote from Devin. We all, like, that's, that is. Did not get a vote from Casey, who also sent his own list, even though he can't be on mic, but I'm oh, here I'm sorry. representing I, him. Uh, that has to be in a French accent. Uh, uh, bon, bonjour. <laughs> uh, I did not like it. No I did not like the uh, Die bon Hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear from Casey from his own words. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, there's another and one. I want to talk about that though for a second. Because yeah, I feel please. like us unanimously, besides Casey, besides Casey's that traitor to our list. <laughs> like, I think us unanimously putting Die Hard on the list really speaks to the beauty of the of the Amy and Paul Institute list. Because like mm-hmm. to me, that was a glaring omission from the AFI. And it kind of says like this is our cultural staple. They got away with putting Shane on it. We can take that off and put Die Hard to me. That's right. Right? I right? agree with that. Yes, Good. absolutely. Uh, name name a better action movie. Honestly, name a name an action movie that is better executed than Die Hard. That has characters that you like. Honestly, a new character comes in every 15, 20 minutes of Die Hard that you're like, oh, this guy's awesome. Oh, this gal's awesome. Who's this new yeah. character? Like, it never flags. It's funny and raucous all the way to the end. It's like a perfect movie. It honestly is perfect. I, there's nothing wrong with it. I I. I agree with you. I think this is a movie. Now, I was going to say, Jess, was it the first time you saw this movie? Yeah, it was. Oh, cool. Okay. So I thought that was interesting because I feel like this is such a cultural touchstone. So you put it on your list. First time that you saw it, where where are you at? I still love it so much. Again, as a spooky girl, like I'm not even into Christmas. And I was like, <laughs> this movie rules. The main villain also being the glass on the floor he had to walk on. How rude. He's already yes. down and out and he has to like tiptoe on glass. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. And then the poor limo driver who's just trying to get high. I know. <laughs> and had his whole day derailed. He's trapped mm. down there. I'm telling you, this movie rules. <laughs> well, if you want to see the continuing adventures, you can check out the uh, battery commercial that they all reunited for many years later. Oh, I got to uh, see that. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, and the authentic kill. That that hurt my heart. The Takagi? Or you, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't think they were actually going to kill him. And then they did. And I was like, oh, that's messed up. Yeah. Now, there's some interesting stakes in this movie, and I, I think at the end of the day, I think what's what's interesting about that film is, unfortunately, it's become something that people try to copy a lot. And sometimes they get it right, and sometimes they don't. And I would say that, like, you could make a strong case that, like, Under Siege is a, a strong film because they copied a lot of the elements of Die Hard. And it's very hard to talk about a Steven Seagal movie as being, like, a, a really solid choice. But, they, you know, people follow that mold, and sometimes it really works, and sometimes it just... It feels like the spectacle is taken over over the story, and that's something that I feel like the Die Hard franchise has suffered from more than anything. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Could I ask you guys how you felt about the second Die Hard? I mean, Die Hard 2, Die Harder is okay. (laughs) It's not my my favorite. I like the third one a lot. I like With a Vengeance a lot. Um, and then I o- saw the fourth one and I just, I pieced out at the fifth one. I was like, I can't, I can't, you guys, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I'll stick up for the fourth one a little bit. Cause the fourth one is where he takes out a helicopter with a cop car. He sure and does. that to me, pure cinema, pure <laughs> no. cinema. Oh God. When he's like oh. rolling down like a stealth bomber wing on it in his like tidy shirt with white shirt. And he's like, no, not a scar on him when he lands. I'm like, this is so far from the original Die Hard. Aww. <laughs> he's not supposed uh. to be a superhero. He's supposed to be a guy 
As a child, I liked Die Hard 2 because Die Hard 2 gave me exactly what I wanted from Die Hard 1, which was just uh, a sequel that was just all the kills with funny lines and a character that I liked. Die Hard 3, I think, does something a little bit more interesting. Um, And I think everything I like about Die Hard 3 is what they kind of lean into in the other ones that kind of make it bad. But I think Die Hard 3 is in that zone. But Die Hard 1 is really still the perfect one there. Yeah. And and also, like, not to get sad or whatever, but for me personally, when I was thinking about what to put on this list, like, definitely a part of it is like, you know, we're not going to get more Bruce Willis performances, really. And it's worthy of kind of thinking back to, like, how freaking good he was at his peak. Like, Truly, one of the best, like one of the most magnetic screen presences of my like life, and he's yeah, just true incredible. movie star making role. I mean, true, yeah, a true movie star, really. Yeah. Oh my god. Now, yeah. As the person putting this list together, this is I. Yeah, I do always put these lists together when we do these kind of episodes. This really is. This was really the only movie this year that I think there was any real consensus on. I think this is the most Paul and Amy that your lists have ever diverged, and that as a production team that our lists in general have ever diverged. We covered as much as we thought, like, oh, these are obvious picks. We were covering like a lot of ground, and we're all kind of sticking up for some very different things. Which is why I think it's really wild that like the next pick that I think is a good contender to go on the list because I went with it, Paul went with it, Josh, you went with it, Jess, Casey, Devin, you're all weirdos. But like, <laughs> this is what I would not have expected to rank as high as it did is election. This one was was heavily swayed by the episode we did on it, honestly, which is, I think, one of my favorite episodes we did this year, one where we really just like got in the weeds and kind of raised it for me from a like, oh, this was like just, you know, a pretty a pretty funny, sharp, well-written comedy. So like, well, this movie like is is spot on, razor sharp, has has so much to say about just like the 20 years that followed and the way we react to each other and the way mm. we, we think about ourselves in kind of a world of like, social media where like every move you make is like amplified and looked at and how we think about ourselves and like becoming be- almost like it's kind of a movie about main character syndrome in some ways and about like what happens when you become this main character and have a scandal about you and it's just it's it's just an incredible uh incredible film yeah i couldn't agree with you more on that like this is a film that i think my favorite part of our conversation was really just like realizing every time i pick up this film and watch it again it becomes deeper right that not only yeah. does it become more relevant because, yes, we live through like the Hillary Clinton election, you know, but that all of this stuff about like sexual politics and people covering up for people and like how we feel about the shifting power structures of the world and like the threats we get in it. I mean, I'm just in awe that a movie that I think felt kind of like a slight funny charmer has turned out to be so deep. It kind of gives me the creeps, honestly, like how prescient this film is. And since we also did Ferris Bueller this year, just watching him get so defiled in this movie, so beaten down, so sad. Oh, the, the patheticness of him washing up in his little motel bathroom, hoping he gets a tryst and unwrapping the soap. And oh, my God. Washing his I asshole. Mean, still oh, my favorite scene of the whole movie. Asshole. You know, this is a movie that I, I rewatched right after we watched it. And I think why I liked this movie in the conversation that we had about this movie was it very much is a prism effect. Like we were talking about, well, is Tracy also bad? Well, she's a kid, but did she also like get this information and dirt on him? And, and, you know, it's like there, there's a way that you could look at this movie. And I agree that there is, uh, there's so many issues at play. She's a child. He's an adult. Uh, you know, there's a lot, but I think what's interesting is the movie doesn't make anyone out to really be a hero. It's not a clean cut film. You can look at it in different ways. You can see different things that go on there. And I, and I really like it. And after watching the, the failed ending, 
wow, like how lucky we were that they didn't stick with that ending where he goes, to, you know, where she goes to the car dealership and oh, it I kind know. of works out well. It's like, I think that there's, this movie really relates to people. And we, we put a question up on our social media, like, can you move on but still be angry at somebody? And the response hmm. was like overwhelmingly yes. Like you could still be bitter but also be moved on. And I like that. And I think that that's what people are responding to in this film to a certain degree too. It's like, I fucking hate that person. You know, <laughs> like, and that, and you know, and then and, and there's, and that's an element too. There's all these, like, it's a lot of layers. It's like, you don't have to be like, oh, just about sexual politics. I think there's so many things in this movie that's really interesting and, and universal. No, I agree. And I will say, after we finished our episode, I didn't go back and watch it again, again, again. But what I did afterwards is I read the sequel that we talked about, the Tracy oh, Flick yeah. Can't Win that Tom Proto wrote that I believe is probably going to get made into like a film with Reese Witherspoon coming back to be Tracy Flick. Mm. And it wasn't my absolute favorite book, but I think they could make a pretty interesting film about it. So I'm curious. I won't spoil what, what happens to Tracy Flick, but she is, she is still grappling with things that feel depressing and relevant. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, let's maybe talk about another film that didn't have universal consensus. And again, we're talking about movies that had universal consensus here, but let's talk about Mel Brooks. We put two Mel Brooks movies up for contention. We have not had Mel Brooks on the list. Uh, And this is a film where you and I, Amy, were on the same page. We were on the same page. Um, And I actually see that uh, Josh, Casey, and Devin were on a different page. We picked Blazing Saddles. You all picked. Frankenstein, young Frankenstein, and I, and I was back and forth on this because I was like, well, what is the one that is the best? And I, I, this is the, this is the hardest decision I had to make in my list because I was like, one of them should go on there, but what's better? And I will just argue my point first and say, uh, election and the, and Blazing Saddles kind of fit into the same category for me. It was like, oh, this is looking at a very, big issue it's still relevant to today it's it's uh it's sending up um this format that you know this genre that yes now we've seen movies uh that have black leads as 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 uh heroes in the old west but it wasn't even that wasn't even a part of a story back in the day i think that what this movie does on multiple levels makes it more worthy of being on the list because i think it's more universal but yet young frankenstein I think is more beautiful. I like a lot of the performances in Young Frankenstein, but I, at the end of the day, I, I thought that I've not seen a movie about race um, as well executed in a way 
uh, that's funny. And, you know, it, it's not like, you know, it's not like do the right thing, it, but it's different. And I felt like, I don't know. And it, I think it also talks about race in movies too, which is an interesting point of view. That's why I put it on the list. I mean, it's funny because we did this to me. I thought of it not just as a, a stretch of like Mel Brooks, but an extended Gene Wilder universe because we did mm. Willy Wonka around the same time. And my debate came down to like, um, to Blazing Saddles versus Willy Wonka. And so that's where I was sort of wrestling. And okay. what made me really just take the plunge and go Blazing Saddles is because this film just still makes me hold my breath all the time and be like, oh, I can't believe they got away with that. Oh, I can't believe they said that. Oh, it's wonderful. And for a movie to still feel like it's stabbing at me with like really fun, playful needles that, you know, it, the freshness of it just works. You're making some compelling points. I, I can only, I mean, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think it's it's kind of undeniable. That no, don't, be, don't bend on this. Let me finish my sentence. I think Blazing Saddles sort of undeniably is like a little bit more worthy, you know, because it has an element beyond just the comedy of it. Like there's something that's right. being, that's being like truly like uh, something important that's being looked at too. But Young Frankenstein is so funny. <laughs> And every time I come back to it, I'm like, this is like, if you're looking for a comedy, that movie makes you laugh all the way through. And I'm like, it's, I think it is one of my favorite comedy films. It, it never disappoints me. It never has. There are at least like five sequences in Young Frankenstein that are just, yeah, just like all timer comedy sequences that play uh, every single time. And if it, at it, the beginning like, when he stabs himself in the thigh yeah. is oh, one yeah. of the funniest <laughs> I could cry thinking about how funny that, just the look on his face when he has to like cover up that he's done it. Oh God, it's so funny. <laughs> so and also funny. in terms of like the Gene Wilder performance aspect of it, I mean, that's just, mm -hmm. that's just an insane comic performance. All of the cast. And like, it's, it's, it is kind of like that thing of like what, what's, what's fresh and what's still shocking and what's still like, like versus just like, what's kind of a perfect comedy film. Yeah. That's kind of where I came down on it. And this was kind of the like one that really truly pushed me to one side. If we are making a list, of the 100 greatest films of all time, I would argue that you could get away with representing like an entire era of horror movies with this young Frankenstein pick. Because <laughs> I think I think in a way it's doing like what like Frankenstein and Dracula and the Mummy and all those movies did like as well as any of those movies while also being a perfect parody. That's an interesting point. It's true. As you guys were talking, I did go back and double check and I was like, we did not put Frankenstein on the list. Because I remember we had kind of a fight. I think for some reason we decided that King Kong could take the place of Frankenstein and that idea yeah. of like fantasy, tragic monster being killed by society, black and white, made in the early 30s. This is kind of the Frankenstein I think of when I think of Frankenstein. Like when I think I of the It's Alive Sea, this is like what I picture. But also this is the only other movie that Paul and I agreed on. <laughs> that's, that's also true. <laughs> you know, but I, there is something about these two films and we've talked about this with Spielberg and Kubrick. They're wildly different Mel Brooks films. They're both yeah. Mel Brooks films. They're both parodies of cinema, right? You know, and, and, and they do very different things. If you told me they were done by different directors, I would believe you, right? They, like, there's enough of a sensibility difference, I think, in them. And they are two classics. I mean, maybe we, we put a pin in this one for a second because I think that there's enough for me... Am I making that choice because I'm looking at the list and going, well, this is representative of something that is important to have on the list? Or am I making this argument to be like, this is something um, that I think is really funny? 
I've watched Young Frankenstein more than I've watched Blazing Saddles. You know, I would go back to Young Frankenstein more than Blazing Saddles. I and when I watch Blazing Saddles, I'm like that's really funny. Uh, so it is. It is a. It's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag for me. Now, Jess, no Mel Brooks for you. I've never seen either of these guys. Okay, so yes, I am of the people. Of the normal people. Wow, the normal people? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I These thought you were a spooky girl. Oh, you're girl. the people with I the thought you were a spooky girl, and, but you're not going to watch Young Frankenstein. Okay. Actually, I would argue that this is not normal people. You normal. I'm These joking. are normal. It's a joke. Uh, it's a joke. I did say. I did tell uh, Josh. I was like, I'm shamelessly an average human watcher of the things. Um, no. I, the other thing I was going to say, I haven't seen either of these. That's why I didn't put a vote in because it'd be okay. like, yes. Not real. But also, um, there is a monologue in Young Frankenstein that I really love uh, from the acting point of view. And that's it. That's all I got. I love that monologue. It's very beautiful. It's when he's like sticking up for her creator. You know what I'm talking about? He's like, oh, it's so beautiful. I've never even seen this movie. I've read the monologue. I was like, I'm sure the day I see this, it's going to make me cry. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to say we can't have a list without Terry Garr on it. And we did already cut Tootsie. Yeah. I hear that. I need this pin. I need this pin at least for a minute. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I mean, look, it's a worthy conversation because I think that Mel Brooks should be represented. I think he is a person who is, uh, we're talking about American comedy. There is, there is a very short list of influential American comedians like that are that span generations and he is one of them and I think he needs to be on the list I don't know exactly what it is yet I'm enough that I've I don't even feel hard enough to fight for Blazing Saddles over Young because I'm, I'm still torn. I think I need a moment. You may need to watch both of them back to back. Back to I mean, that back. sounds awesome. That <laughs> sounds like a great afternoon. <laughs> Wake up. It's the first thing you do. It's like being eight again. <laughs> I, I will say that like looking through this list, though, it's interesting because these are favorites. These are favorite movies. These are waking up and watching, putting them on. These A lot of these movies that we're talking about are... Movies that I would watch multiple, multiple times, but I just don't feel like it was me convincing myself, oh, we need to do this. Like, I picked Jean Dielman. I love Jean Dielman. I thought it was I beautiful. I picked Jean Dielman also. But and, I and also, so like, am I picking Jean Dielman because we're talking about Jean Dielman? Or is it important? To, like, because like, now Jean Dielman's number one on the AFI list. It's like, and, and there's this part of me, it's like, I found that to be really a beautiful, amazing film. I've never seen anything like it. But is it one of the best movies ever made? I don't know. Is it one of the best pieces of art I've ever seen? I would uh, say, yeah, it's definitely in that zone. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to feel like what you... This is where... It's tough because it's subjective, too. Right. There's ones on this list, like, like to what you're saying, Paul, like, there's movies like Evil Dead 2. I love yeah. Evil Dead 2. I love that movie. There's no way I would put that forward for 100 Greatest Movies. It's a fantastic movie. I will watch it right now if you want yeah. to put it on. But I just don't <laughs> know if I could plausibly say I believe it's one of the 100 best. I don't know if I could. What crazy person would submit this for the 100 Greatest Movies of all time? I would submit Evil Dead 2 for one of the 100 Greatest Movies. Did you? Uh, yes, did you? yes, 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 did. 
and as, I respect as I think you for doing kind it. Of, kind of the definitive <laughs> horror comedy, honestly. Like, I think just like yeah. the, the movie that just like really, really defines a genre and defines a type of low budget filmmaking that has been so insanely influential. And that movie is just so fun. Just like it's, and it's the so energy fun. from start to finish. Is I would love a Sam Raimi on this list. I mean, that's For the other sure. thing, too. You know, it's like that. I think that's the, if you're putting a Sam Raimi, I think I think that's the Sam Raimi to put. I would agree with that. If that I think uh, probably right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, the one that's got I all mean, the yeah. all the makings of Sam Raimi. I mean, I love Darkman because I'm exactly the right age to even know what that is or care about it. And <laughs> but no, Darkman's not a good movie. I just love it. <laughs> I mean, I do think we need to say from this point forward, there is nothing with that much consensus. Except, is that true? Like, except not on our side, Amy, but on Jess, Casey, and Devin's side, there will be blood. And I will tell you the argument that I had for There Will Be Blood was I kept on going back and forth between that and Boogie Nights. Right. That and Boogie Nights. That's and kind of the question. Same. Yeah. And I, just like Young Frankenstein and, and Blazing Saddles, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. There's something I love. Like, there's a love of Boogie Nights. Like, this, it is a movie I could watch at any point. I love everything about it. There Will Be Blood is like, wow, that's also like, Oof, it's fantastic. I don't know if I'm going to watch it as much as Boogie Nights. I I also feel like we, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I just, yeah. I simply don't know on that one. Again, this is like. I do. Yeah. It's Boogie. I'm sorry. I want to stay with Boogie. I just yeah. think Boogie is the perfect film. I think it has all the, I think it has every range of emotion in there. Because yeah. I could not have, I could not have a Paul T- Thomas Anderson movie on the list that didn't show how funny he was. Ah, mm-hmm. well, And there well, is dark humor. Yes, yes. there's dark humor. Okay. Grump, 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 milkshake, milkshake, milkshake. <laughs> I get it. And, you know, when we played the movie loud uh, and large at the Arrow, which was so fun, I had a blast doing that. However, if we're talking funny, it's not in the same range as Boogie Nights by far. And, like, the tenderness and the yeah. love and the warmth. I just think there's a monumental quality that there will be blood that I totally get why y'all would admire. Monumental but is absolutely a good word not. For it. Boogie's mm. coming off the list over my dead body. You'll have to murder me at my own New Year's Eve party. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, there was a there was something that I was swayed by in the online discourse on the Discord um, about Stop Making Sense because I wanted to put Stop Making Sense on my list. And there was a lot of argument like, well, that's not a movie. And what? I'm like, but uh, yeah. And it was like, me? Uh, I know. Excuse and that, like, me? <laughs> and, I, and I got swayed by the discord of it. I was like, well, maybe it's not a movie. It's like, it's this other thing. It's a concert. It's, it's capturing a live event. It, yeah, but it's, but it is our, yeah. I'm okay, a Jonathan okay, Demi super fan. <laughs> Let right, me great. just do my quick two yes. sentences on this. Yes. Okay. Which is the reason I love Jonathan Demi. The, the overarching reason why I love his movies. And I've seen most of them. I, I love him so much. He cares about the characters in a way that other filmmakers don't quite. It's different. It's just different the way he does it. He lets them be themselves. He puts no judgment or spin on it. He lets you see exactly their world. He lets you understand everything about them. And he treats all the musicians in his concert films exactly the same way. You... At the end of Stop Making Sense, you know what Bernie Worrell was doing. You know what Steve Scales was doing. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm, Lynn Mabry mm-hmm. was doing. You know what Tina Weymouth is doing. Like, he he spends time with groups of two of them, groups of three of them, with just one of them, the close-up thing. It, you, you He cares that you that you feel that these characters, that these musicians are characters that are drawing you through a story. It is a movie. It has a narrative. <laughs> Those are the actors in it. Uh, and I think it's the best one of those that anyone has ever made in terms of a concert film, a rock movie experience, whatever you want to call it. 
Uh, I, I, you know, for, for me, it's certainly on my 10. It was one of the first I was like, well, obviously stop making sense. I think it's perfect. Well, if that argument, then you've swayed me because I wanted to put it on there and I didn't know how people viewed it. And I think it, to me, it was one of the most exciting experiences I've had. Uh, I, I, I felt like I watched a concert. I've never felt like that in seeing a concert movie. I felt like I saw a concert. I felt like I was there. I also felt like I didn't see, um, it wasn't a live event. It was like a, it was a live concert that was made as a film. So I am, I am very, very, very much into that. I am um, really quickly because I actually, I also put Stop Making Sense in my TED and I do think it's the best movie of its kind. But now I have to offer you all a very difficult question, which is uh, a, a very difficult thing to comparison. Um, Stop Making Sense or Silence of the Lambs, which goes Bo- on the list. Both no problem. No conflict there no, whatsoever. No, Both no, no we're conflict. We're mean, Devin. We have to hold the line. Those are you completely We were won. just talking about Witch Mill Brooks for 30 hours. I know. No. 30 hours. <laughs> uh, I think, the, I mean, those are, well, look. We they're impossible conversa- films to compare. But they're impossible like- to compare. We've had this conversation on many of these before about, like, you know, Hitchcock. The, their, or, or, you know, what directors do cross over into that realm of, like, maybe the Coens, where the movies are diametrically different to each other with, the, like, a little bit of a texture that's the same. The, these are really different. Um, his approach is very Jonathan Demi, but I think they're totally different things. The one is, you know... I, one's a, a horror thriller p- procedural, and one's like the Talking Heads rocking a, the stage. You know what I mean? There's how do you compare those? I, I, I agree that I agree that this is very different and um, is something that I'm not having any fear about putting two movies on his on the list. I don't feel like it takes away because I I, I think that we don't have a lot of concert movies. I, I, can you get a, is there a better one? I don't think that there is. There's a couple other good ones by Jonathan Demi. That's for sure. He did, he did three Neil Young's, which are fantastic. And, and actually his final movie was uh, Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee kids. That was wow. the last Jonathan Demi movie. And it's actually really good. It's on Netflix. It's like, I don't know John, uh, Timberlake's like solo albums that well. I know, right. you know, a couple of them. I sat there watching this thing he did. It's exactly the same thing he does and Stop Making Sense. You learn who all the characters are. You spend time with the bass player, with this guy over here, and you leave that movie going like, God damn, those guys put on a show. That was a real spectacle. Like, Demi, Demi was just, he was the best at capturing that excitement of being in the room watching a band and somehow putting it in a travelable format where you can put it on in your own house and get the same vibe. I don't know how he did that. I think that's worthy of consideration. Guys, I love you all, but absolutely not. Wow. Absolutely not. However, I will fall on my sword since I am playing the part of the heavyweight bully <laughs> and say, and take this moment and I will just say goodbye to the four movies I picked that nobody else picked. And it pains me so deeply to say goodbye to them. But I will make this sacrifice in order to bloodlet my own heart by hurting all of you by saying we're not getting two demis on this okay. list. No. Okay. Goodbye, imitation of mm. life. I love you, Douglas Sirk. No. I love I love how cruel and fun and wicked this movie Never was. Goodbye, Rocky Horror. All of you are monsters nope. for not loving happen. Rocky Horror, for not standing up for the cult movie. My <sighs> God. It's, it's I, I curse all of you at midnight this for the like rest your, of your life. This is like you your Br'er Rabbit going, I'm going to, oh, don't throw me down hey, the briar patch. I want to wear fishnets again. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, then you should have put all Rocky Horror right. on the list. Um, goodbye, Midsummer. Oh, to me, that is the best Ari Aster movie Cannot believe none of y'all I'm are. Big, oh, I'm yes, a big hereditary yes, booster. Okay, fine. I, I am. I am willing to do an episode on hereditary 
and then at the end of it, I will say, y'all should vote for Midsummer. <laughs> Midsummer is better than Hereditary. Then, it's yes. a much better movie. hundred percent. I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. But nobody okay. else does. Goodbye, it was on Midsummer. my honorable mentions, by the way, Amy, which I'm gu- guessing Josh didn't transfer through. Uh, I didn't send the honorable mentions. I'm sorry. Can we I, can we play that three. little music? You know the the R.I.P. music. Yeah, the play the R.I.P. Sure, sure, <laughs> in the arms yes, yes. of the angel. <laughs> and then I'm saving the one that hurts me the most for last, which is goodbye hairspray. Oh yeah. John Waters is my soul you so deeply, hairspray. and I see that you have taken my soul and trampled upon it and sprayed it with hairspray and set it on fire. How dare you all? All right. Well, you know what? In the in the in the face of that, <laughs> I will kill. Um, you see, now I'm oddly. Well, I'm going to kill planes, trains, and automobiles, which I put on my list. I I, I was putting that up there as I, I threw it in the air. I love that movie. I don't think it's one of the best movies of all time. I don't even. I mean. Is it the best John Hughes movie? Is I it the best John Hughes? Mm, yeah, maybe. maybe, but I, I would, I'd, I'd argue maybe Ferris probably. Uh, I, I, really or, like I need Buck. to say that right now, oh, as Buck. we're talking, as I was giving my funeral speech, Josh just went into the spreadsheet and he I, blacked it out. I, I, did not, I, did not black uh, I didn't black it out. It was you, yeah, yeah, Josh. How dare you, Josh? Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. I will take off. I will take off John Dealman because I felt like John Dealman. I I really liked, and I didn't know if I was buying into the Jean Dealman of this year. Like, I really loved it. And I've talked about it a lot since I've seen it. This makes me so happy to think that there is a concept like, was I buying into the Jean Dealman hype? Uh, yeah. That is so, <laughs> that pleases me so much because I've loved this movie for a really long time. Right. Uh, I, I feel no compunction about saying it's one of the hundred best. I, I mean, I, I really, I really like it. And I just feel like, yeah, like RRR last year. Like it was, yeah. it was part of the popular conversation. So it was, uh, it was something interesting. Yeah. I, I really I, loved I'm, it. I'm, I'll say, I'll take that moment to say I'm the only person who said we should, in fact, put RRR on the list. Is I think just the what's going to end up being one of the definitive it. movies of the 2020s. But I will, I will, I will take the consensus of the crowd and say goodbye RRR. Oh, I'm, I'm not taking. I'm not taking it off. Okay, I, I just, we'll we, I didn't, I didn't think about it. Like no, 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 no. Make Josh suffer. All right, Josh is going to take. <laughs> wow. Did you come see back. their dancing? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the cardio that these men went through for this film. Um, <laughs> I will take off Pee Wee's Big Adventure. What? No. Um, uh, uh, no, no, no. Uh-uh. Well, all right, well, here's the argument. Okay. Right? Because I was going back and forth on it. I was thinking, yeah. oh, what do I want to? I was like, well, is it Pee Wee's or is it Edward Scissorhands? And right. and I really started. Here's the thing. Two people here picked Pee Wee. Two people here picked Edward Scissorhands. And Josh is a cold. I'm the, I've never been a big Tim Burton anything. guy, I got to admit. 
I think that Pee Wee have to do with anything. <laughs> Pee Wee's wow. represents. Seen, you've seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure, right? I, I have. Yes. What? Like I don't. I'm not a big Burton guy. Are you a Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Uh, guy? This Come is. On. This is. It's honestly. It's. I think it's a, a very a specific moment in pop culture that kind of yeah. weirdly passed me by. Okay. Do you not like fun? Do you not like stripes? <laughs> do you not great... like girls who wear a lot well, of? Well, this is Jess. This is right up your alley as a scary goth girl, right? I mean, this is this is your bread and butter. <laughs> I'm Jess sided I'm... with the good people. Jess put Edward Scissorhands like I did, which is truly the best. It's a fantastic. Movie. How could you it's not? Amazing Edward movie. Scissorhands is still like the biggest costume, one of the biggest costumes every Halloween season. Everybody True. wants to be them. Whereas one girl, you know, the couple's costume. Um, I don't really see a lot of people dress up as peewee, so and, mm, you're not going to the and, right parties. Yeah, <laughs> and it's that's true. There were two peewees right. at my party. Damn. Uh, okay, <laughs> I would have been at your party, but my party was the same day. But I would have oh, been wow. there otherwise. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> oh, I would have been at your party, but you didn't Whoa. because you had already invited. <laughs> you had already like invited <laughs> the Ellen show. <laughs> wow, this is <laughs> really <laughs> getting heated. <laughs> that's um, not true, Ellen. Uh, wait, I shouldn't be fighting with the other person. Who I was going to say. You know what? I think I'm, I'm changing my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't argue about either. Personally, I love both of those movies. I mean, mm-hmm. Edward Scissorhands meant so much to me but i truly i truly think peewee's big adventure is a flawless movie i, I love it and it to be to me peewee is on the list like the same way i would put borat on the list it's like it's mm. these characters that are iconic and and it's there's something interesting done with this it's not this is not like a character that was written i mean i don't know there's a really interesting needle to thread when you do a movie like this and i feel like this movie is a perfect comp like i was talking about quentin tarantino i love jackie brown and i was saying the other day I love Quentin Tarantino movies. I'm a fan. I think that he almost was at his best with Jackie Brown when he adapted someone else's material. And 100%. I would argue that's the same issue here with Tim Burton. I think that Tim Burton, you could argue, might be at his best adapting. So it's like you get all the mm-hmm. benefits of Tim Burton without all the cliches of Tim Burton or the things that we were talking about this. I love Edward Scissorhands. I, I, we just watched it yesterday. But all the things that you go, oh, that's a Tim Burton thing. That's a Tim Burton thing. That's a Tim Burton thing. You can see that much more in the Edward Scissorhands, Sleepy Hollow, uh, Dark Shadows, Wednesday, yeah. that thing. School for Children, whatever that one was. Yes. Yeah, exactly. uh, and Pee Wee's has all the fun of that without all the dark... It, it, I mean, it's it, it, we really are. I mean, I'm I'm splitting hairs here because I think that they are also really great. But I do, I do feel like we need a Burton on this list, and maybe mm-hmm. we do have more Burtons to watch. I do love Beetlejuice. I wonder if we could come to some consensus with Beetlejuice in the future. Ed Wood is fantastic. Ed Wood, True. possibly Batman. Although we have the Dark Knight, and I don't think I want to. Two, like, oh, my mommy died. But <laughs> we like, probably don't need two Batman. We don't need no. two Batman. Um, <laughs> but to me, Tim Burton is just learning about auteur filmmakers 101 like he is so important yeah. and i i can't imagine a world where we don't have at least one burton and i doubt he's gonna I make i mean you guys were bunting down ariaster down the line like it's his best one yet i don't think we're gonna see a burton movie better than the ones he's already made well i mean Maybe, i'm, though, I'll I'm keep watching but i'm in a very uh forgiving moment here to say like I'm down to on the list put a Blazing Saddles slash Young Frankenstein, a a Pee Wee slash Edward Ed, uh, Edward Scissorhands, and uh, you know, and, and say like, hey, look, we can't, we this is we don't feel confident yet a hundred percent, but we know that this is, you know, it's more than a placeholder. It's like it's it's just sort of 
what feels, and I think this is a good part for our, our listeners to kind of chime in here too. I was going to say maybe that's, that's the right a good, a good, one, a good yeah. one to maybe punt to the listeners. Um, yes. This also feels like a good moment to to finally read some notes from Casey, who couldn't be here, but I do want to share some of his thoughts on his favorite episodes and movies we did this year. Uh, so I'll do this very quickly. I can't wait for this. Bo- bonjour. <laughs> I want to audibly mention these films, but especially the episodes for the great conversations Paul and Amy had about them. So go back and listen if you haven't. First, There Will Be Blood, a fantastic, brutal, and stark PTA film I hadn't seen, and also a wonderful episode that inspired me to watch it. John Wick, I was forced to go back, rewatch, and reevaluate my low opinion of these movies because of your perspective on them, and I'm glad I did because I now picture Keanu saying yeah about stuff a lot more than I used to. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood Shuffle. I knew absolutely zero about this film, and I found this episode very engaging and educational. I'm re- I really loved our Hollywood Shuffle I episode, too. Yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I think one of our best of the year. Uh, go back and listen to it. Me too. And I want to say really quickly, tiny, funny, fast, if you liked Hollywood Shuffle... You might like a movie that's just come out called American Fiction. Just saying that. I absolutely put that down on our list, yes. Uh, And Young Frankenstein. This episode really shined from a film history perspective. I really appreciated the deep dive into the production and what pains were taken to make it an homage to classic monster movies. And then the two films I most firmly believe should go into space. So these are his big two. Okay. Blue Velvet, a beautiful and terrifying masterpiece from one of the greatest artists of our time. And The Karate Kid. You made a very strong case for this being the the original 80s flick, and I went back and watched it, and I was amazed watching it as an adult that I enjoyed it even more than I did when I was a kid. To say it held up well is a drastic understatement. A great film. Au revoir. Well, uh, first of all, I, I mean, I... <laughs> I'll be thank you, thank you, uh, Casey, uh, writing it from France. Uh, I will say, um, I will say this: uh, Casey and I share a lot of uh, opinions here. And if we were to take off Rocky and put on Karate Kid, I'd have no issue. I'd have no yeah. issue. With I think it. there's an argu- there's a good you. argument for it. I kind of hear you. Whoa, 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 I, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, but <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Elizabeth Shue under- is no Adrian. Elizabeth Shue is no Adrian. She is better. No, she's mm, no. I, I kind of I tell you, Shire. Talia I love Talia Shire. She's been on the show. Put, yeah, let's right. Godfather. Godfather, Talia Shire. I don't, I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like that, Adrian. As I don't like that. I'm, I'm not the performance. I don't like that relationship. I don't find that relationship interesting. I feel weird about that relationship. Whatever. I mean, like this. I, I may be. I'm the one here that I. I, the, I, I uh, just the okay, Donnie but, and you know, the Donnie and B relationship in the Creed movies is yes. more like that's the relationship yes. I kind of wish Adrian and Rocky had had. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, I will say, actually, like all the research we did uh, for the Karate Kid episode, the conversation we got to have about, you know, Japanese internment camps in California, the history that's in this movie. Yeah. Wow. That actually deepened it for me because I think a lot of that glossed over me as a kid when I saw this. There is a built out world here that is stronger than the Rocky one in that element. Kind of true. It. I wouldn't disagree. Oh, OK. All right. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. But as I think about it, there is something that Casey said so convincingly in his French accent. Blue Velvet. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Blue Velvet has to be a strong contender. And I'm surprised that only three of us put it on, that it was me, Casey and Devin. I was going to put Blue Velvet on, actually. You too. were? That was another well, one. Why'd, yes. you, why'd you chicken out? You only you had a whole extra slot, man. I know. I I, I um I don't know why. I, I think that I felt like. <laughs> there's more to see of Lynch. Yeah. Um, and, and I felt like I didn't want to just throw it on the, just, you know, and look, if we want to put that there as a placeholder, I'm fine with that. 
I just felt like there's so much that he's done, so many interesting things that I, I felt like I didn't want to end that conversation just yet. No, I agree with that a thousand percent. Yeah. I personally would at least like to cover Mulholland Drive before making a, a final call. Yes, indeed. I would love to talk about Mulholland on this. And I would love to talk about Eraserhead with That would be so I cool. I would love that episode. You two talking about Eraserhead would be so awesome. Yeah. Honestly, I want to talk about all of them with you. Like, I would love to talk every Lynch movie with you. Firewalk with me, my, like, secret love, like, maybe my favorite, uh, you know, yeah. uh, on its own. Wild at Heart, Wild at Lost Heart. Highway. Yeah. I mean... Inland Empire, which I am the guy who will stand up for. I saw it in the theater when it first came out, all three and a half hours of it. I just saw it on its re-release, all three and a half hours of it again. Bought the Blu-ray, watched it again. <laughs> I watched it twice this year. Inland Empire is a perfect a movie in its way, which is that, like, there's no gap whatsoever between David Lynch's nightmares and the screen in Inland Empire. It's like, he that's the one movie where I feel like he fully got it to a point where it's one-to-one. He dreams it, there it is on screen. And, and... It's also not as confusing as people think it is. It's very simple, and I can explain it to you in one sentence. Available upon what, request. Devin? Wow. <laughs> because I've been such a mild jerk this episode, I will rewatch Inland Empire for you, because I've only seen it once when it came out, and I made the the grievous error of seeing it hungry, not oh, realizing God. how long that it was. That would be such a mistake. And I lost my 100%. mind. And I've just never, yeah. Instant trauma. I can't go back there. So, but I will. I would, go back I would there highly recommend you. people check that one out. It, don't get freaked out by the length. It's uh, it, it's easier to comprehend than you may think. Uh, like all of his movies, just trust that you do understand what's happening and just enjoy it. I didn't put it in my ten, but I I am down to say maybe we just as we've done with uh, films of the past, we kind of provisionally put this on the list and say this could be replaced with another David Lynch film. In the That's future. why I personally nominated Blue Velvet. It's not maybe my ultimate favorite, but it is the one that is most likely to end up on a list of this type or go off into space because it's very standalone and kind of explains itself in a way some of his later movies don't but i like some of his later movies more you know but All i right. think blue velvet's magnificent i like this now i want to just throw one this is like the last grenade i'll throw into the mix because i've given up on some of my movies as well <laughs> but i was surprised that fight club didn't make people's list as the best uh, as the best, you know, uh, David Fincher movie. Now I'm going to say like, well, look at the votes, right? The votes are for Fight Club, just me and Jess. Um, oh. and, uh, and, and I just think that, look, we talked about this and there's something about this movie that again, like Blazing Saddles, like Election is incredibly timeless and in a, in a weird way, more indicative of where our society and culture has gone. I, I love Social Network. I think it's great. I don't think that that is a movie that is, like we talked about Blackberry. Like I think that's a movie like on par with Blackberry. It's like it tells a story. It's really interesting. The characters are well-defined. It's really well done. I don't know if that's timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a great, it's a Fincher biopic. Um, Seven, I love Seven. But this is a movie that I feel like, and I've had this conversation um, a lot after our episode, like it defined where we go when we try to make these big decisions and then we and we follow and we get righteous about and it. And I'm not, you can make the easy point, oh, it's MAGA, it's this, it's, you know, it's that, it's, it's anti-Me Too, it's anti-woke. But I think that that's more universal whatever the new adjective is that you're going to put in there. And it's about society. I think that some people look at it and go, that's a movie that like, yes, I should be more, I should fucking fight. And then other people are going to get as a warning of how quickly we replace one stereotype with another stereotype and how dangerous it could be. Yeah, That to me was why I I think Fincher's got to go on the list, 
And I thought that was my argument that he goes there. But you, nobody else really agrees. I mean, honestly, I'm very open. He was my runner up. And yes, I just gave Devin grief that runners up matter, you know, about nothing. But <laughs> but my runner up plus your passionate argument, plus the idea that, yeah, it, it I do feel like there's an argument that Fincher should be considered strongly for the list. I don't feel as passionate about it as I do about Burton or Lynch, but I don't feel I don't feel like I could cavalierly be like, we don't need him at all. Right. No. Right. No, he's got a couple contenders. I mean, Fight, Fight Club is awesome. I saw it in the theater at the time. And, and it, for me, I haven't re- I haven't wanted to revisit it. Something about it has kind of yeah. curdled in my in my soul and body. That was the time. same thing for me. And rewatching yeah. it, I was like, oh, I miss I didn't understand it. I like that's or, interesting. And, I and gotta that, go back to it. And rewatching it under the cultural that we've been in, I I got it. And I think the reason why I've responded that way too is because I think that people have misinterpreted it and and to understand like, oh, what they were trying to make versus how it was received is really interesting to me. And I think it goes down to this other idea of like satire and it's telling a story. It's not, it's not telling you, oh, and they were wrong. Like Wolf of Wall Street. And he was wrong. There's the people right. who watch like Jordan Belfort and go, that guy's the best. And I feel like, and that's what Fight Club is. Uh, I don't know. That was that was my argument for it. I, I really like it. I think it's a really, and I think, by the way, talking about stylistically, holy yeah. shit, that movie is wonderful. It is pretty well, loaded with style. I mean, this, Fincher's, this, Fincher's great at, I mean, come on. Every movie, lo- I, even, you know, The Killer looks fantastic. The, the Killer's really Some people find, find the story too thin or this, that, and the other, but I mean, there's no one arguing with the technical aspects of the way that movie is put together. Fincher yeah. just can make a film. I'll just, I'll just throw out, I, I watched The Social Network again earlier this year. Now that we are far past kind of peak Facebook and Facebook seems like this increasingly lame, weird thing, it still just completely holds up. It just feels like a, like, the, like, modern myth. Like, Mark Zuckerberg is just, like, such such a, like, titanic figure of like uh specifically jesse eisenberg spark zuckerberg of like 2010's myth making it's and it's just it's just kind of a perfect film then i gotta rewatch that too so I'm, I'm okay to rewatch it but i just wanted to at least a uh, call out and and say that this is a tougher year because i think we're looking at things in a different way and i and i really love this conversation and it's and i think what jess said earlier too like it is subjective obviously it's subjective uh and it's sort of like well, we're trying to create this like interesting list that you know and you can see how public opinion can sway lists i i feel like it more and more because like well i just like it it's good or it's easy it, you don't have to overthink it it's fine but um i don't know i, I yeah, this has been this is a, a year of some of my favorite movies that we've done and in a weird way some of the easiest movies to not consider for the list <laughs> well yeah i mean the movie that like i when i was cutting when i was pruning i came down to fight club and american psycho for like my last slot that mm. didn't make it on and those two were kind of going head to head to me too, because mm-hmm. they were about yeah. sort of like these like toxic murderous ideas of what we think the and people the who rule our think, society they should be like. Ninety-nine, I think so. Oh, Ninety-nine or two thousand? I think. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think I think Psycho is two thousand, but yeah, like right back. I know to back. Fight Club's ninety-nine, but I can't remember American Psycho. Uh, Psycho yeah. is two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, so like yeah. back to back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely back to back. Being made in the same time. I loved that we did them so close together because I do feel like they kind of operate in harmony and I couldn't quite at first see the argument for doing both of them. So I stuck with American Psycho because that's like probably my favorite Christian Bale performance. I do hate Mm. his Dark Knight, as you all know so deeply. (laughs) Um, But then I sacrificed it last minute. I don't don't even know why I'm talking about the pain that I went through to make this list. But just to (laughs) say like, yeah, like I think that's, Part of why I didn't put Fight Club on also the first go round is because 
it came down to that battle. It was like a knockout stage. And now I'm sort of questioning my entire life. The 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 moment my heart got broken the worst this year on Unspooled was probably on our Little Mermaid episode because uh, oh. you guys went hard. Wait, you guys like <laughs> stabbed stabbed Little Mermaid in the heart. You were you were you really like went in on that plot and were like, oh, this doesn't make any sense and like the the prince is a dumbass and why is she giving away her voice and all this stuff. I I think it I. I would argue over Snow White. I'm not saying on its own. I think you could actually take off Snow White and have this on as the single best Disney animated film they ever made in the entire run. Just the 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 overall mix of the music, top top A plus tier, solid comedy, great visuals, just good animation design all the way through. Like there's drama, there's like there's horror moments. Like it's 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 kind of got everything you want in a package in a Disney movie package. And it was the thing one that kicked off like the entire Renaissance. It's it's a, a huge movie from my childhood. I think it's got to be on. I want you to watch as I black it out. No. Oh. Uh, and, and, and watch as I and then watch as I cheer it on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. That was Sad. beautiful. That was beautiful that though. Was. I mean, there's a lot of Disney's I still want to put forth, too, because I'm like the huge Alice in Wonderland person. I'm a huge Fantasia person. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Robin's fun. Beauty and the Beast. The original Beauty and the Beast is cartoon. gorgeous. Yeah. But I hear you on the music. When I was watching Wish, if only the music had been half as good as Little Mermaid, it actually would have been a good movie. It's true. The music is really good in those early 90s. Uh, they are. They're, they they're are very pretty, good. Pretty hard to mess with. If we are making our arguments for two, I'm very happy to say... Die Hard and Election, I have no problem with putting on this list. I, I feel like those are, those are, I feel solid about those. I feel really good about those. I made my points. I don't feel like there's anything here that I left on the table. Um, uh, you know, arguably, I'd like to get Mel Brooks on this list. And if we put a, a, a slash between those two, I'm very happy to do that. But I do believe that at the end, one of them will have to be picked. Yeah, that's that's where I'm coming down on. If I'm just if I'm like laying down my two. I agree with that. I feel kind of similar in the in the sense that like of the list that I submitted, like Blue Velvet. But that's just to me, that's like a Lynch. Like keep looking for the Lynch. That's the correct one for the list. You know what I mean? Like if it's not Blue Velvet, please cover one or two others. One one of them will be right. That's uh, so beautiful. A Lynch needs to be on there for sure. And I think A Brooks needs to be on there and A Burton should be on there. And and which ones they are may change even for me by the day or you know what I mean? Like you, you could have different opinions, but something of those three should be represented. Um, but the two that I, I would want to put forward, first of all, is John Dealman. Uh, mm-hmm. I understand it's, you know, people. Have uh, it, I mean, I'm into it. Yeah. I, I, for, for me, I think it's uh, it's it's what you said, Paul. The moment that I sat down to watch that the first time is about 13 years ago. I, I just I'd never seen anything like it. I've never I've still never seen anything really like it. Even other Chantal Ackerman movies aren't really like it. It's it's slow. It's engrossing. It's almost not a movie. It's almost an installation or some sort of time. La- it's it's something that you're you're asked to engage with in a completely different way than any other narrative I've ever seen. Uh, and of course, I mean, I think the the central performance is genius. Uh, it's incredible what she's able to do with n- like ve- almost no words ever in the entire thing. There's very little. Um, and then that final, the, the final twinge that happens on that third day is just very tragic and you could see it coming. You don't want it to come. That movie is magnificent. I, I, was deeply affected by it the first time I saw it. And I've gone back to it multiple times and I, I find something 
soul nourishing in it every single mm. time. I think it's beautiful uh, on a level that I don't know how to describe better than that. Um, that's that's one for me, and then the other, which I'm sure I will have some some resistance on, but it's Halloween. Now, yeah. Halloween's not a perfect movie, right? Which I keep saying a lot. Halloween is not a perfect movie. <laughs> and that is something that I like the most about it. There are things that are off, things that are wrong, things that shouldn't have... That's probably not what you meant to put there. That can't be what this was intended to be. Right. Did you? Is this the right take? There's lots of that going on, and none of that does anything to me to derail the slowly growing power of the dread in that movie, which I feel like I can I can hold in my hands when I watch Halloween. I'm like, this tension is ratcheting up and I can almost feel it growing. Like I can I can feel it and it's gonna break here. And it's it's just that's magnificent. You know, it's it's so hard to get that to happen in any horror, in any thriller, in any suspense thing. It's difficult to get that to happen, and Carpenter just does it like it's nothing to him in that movie. Like, it's the easiest thing in the world, like walking across the street, like, literally walking across the street to the the other house. It's it's a magnificent movie that I come back to every year, and it's never disappointed me once. Yeah, but I think The Thing clears it. I, I do, too. I, I, think, I think that's Carpenter's masterpiece. The Thing's fantastic. It's not Halloween, though. <laughs> I, I can right. argue that. Yeah. I love the thing. I love the thing. Of course I do. There's lots uh, of carpenters that I think are really good, but uh, Halloween's special. It's like it's like an accidental masterpiece, and that's why I love it. It didn't need to be good at all. It could have been it, small degrees here or there, and it's a broken movie, and yet it didn't break. It, hanged to, it hung together. It does. It does have that kind of special magic that's to it. That's all I wanted sure. to say about the movie Halloween. Thank you very uh, much. I, I mean, Devin, I want, I want you to say, as a person who has said many, 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 many words about the movie Halloween. You sure have. I want you to look at the bottom of the spreadsheet and picture a Michael Myers mask on my face <laughs> as oh, I wow. kill it. I'm so sorry. Do it. Wow, wow, wow. Bye. <laughs> All right, guys. Jess, do you want to make any fa- yeah, yeah. final faces? Yeah. I want Thelma and Louise on there. Yeah. That was on my list. You and I agreed on that. Look. Earlier, the calls, many people, Amy, uh, everyone's like, we want, you know, a female-led movie that doesn't give you that satisfying ending. You're like, they're going to ride in the sunset and they're going to be besties and live the best <laughs> life. And it does not happen. It's such a risky ending. Um, yeah. It has to go on there. It just, it has to. It's like 90s road trip. You're like, ooh, are they going there? And they go there. Like, yeah. I don't know why... You know, why didn't you guys pick it? What's happening? <laughs> I picked it. I almost did. I just bought the Criterion edition of it like a month ago, and I just haven't watched it yet. So I haven't seen it in like five years or six years or something. And so it's I just felt not fresh enough with it to like make a case for it. But I do. Th- I, the reason I bought it is because I'm starting to suspect it might be Ridley Scott's best movie. Like Alien and Blade Runner are their thing. But other than that, I think it's Thelma and Louise and that's it. <laughs> like I'm starting yeah. to feel that might be his his peak. So I'm really excited. I've yet to see anyone make anything like this. No, totally. That's actually a really convincing argument when I put it, when I think of it that way, like what is the Ridley Scott movie? Yeah. Because we have killed Blade Runner from this original list and we did an alien doubleheader and killed alien too. You sure and, you killed both of them? Yeah, we, we yeah, killed both, we killed both alien, alien and, and alien too. We killed Bo- aliens. the xenomorphs dead. <laughs> we uh, killed a lot replicants of aliens dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm open, actually, Jess. I feel like you you have opened my heart to saving Thelma and Louise, to, to saving them in a way that the movie could not save them. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> I really think if you asked me after Christmas break, you know, when I'll be off and watching all the movies that I bought the last like month or two, I think I probably would have put Thelma and Louise. I can't wait to get back to it. I just haven't had a chance. But since I'm being so generous, does anybody want to give me a second shot on keeping Rocky Horror on this list? I mean, come on. A movie that is still playing four decades after it came out. A movie with like so much sex and naughtiness, wonderful music, so singable, interactive. I mean, this is, I don't understand. Were you guys not weirdos growing up? I thought you were all weird. I thought we were all weird together. Oh, we're, we're I got, weird. I got, a, I got a V painted on my forehead <laughs> in seventh grade going to see that movie. Yeah, absolutely. I, I went to go see it with friends at the midnight show of course, many times. I, I love Rocky Horror, but I don't, is it a good movie? Yes. yes <laughs> is it though? <laughs> it's wonderful. Is it a good movie? I don't I, know. It's not. I would say, honestly, like, it's charming as far as, like, the love in it, I guess. I think the love is something that I'm like, hey, is my boyfriend picking me up and putting me out on a motorcycle? No? Throw the man away. Um, There you go. (laughs) But but then it just, and again, I'm weird, too. Like, I had Crayola red hair in eighth grade. Like, (laughs) you know? Um, And I wore, like, bullet belts over my hips. Like, but the (laughs) ending for me just gets so out there that I'm like, wait, when was this even, when did you lay this out for me? I'm so confused now. It goes so crazy at the, I just, it's not like my favorite. I love it. It's just, you know, not a hundred, not one of the hundred. Yeah, not one of the hundred. So Die Hard and Election, I think we are agreeing are going on the list. Does that sound right? Yes. Yes. Both Mel Brooks and Tim Burton, I think we are going to try to put up for a vote between the two movies we covered this year from each of those directors. Does Mm -hmm. that sound right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I want to say the mean part of me, though, is like, if you don't appreciate the nods to classic retro monster movies in Rocky Horror, I don't know if you deserve Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. She said uh, what she said. She, she said did. what she said. She said what she said. Blue Velvet. I think we can put Blue Velvet on with an asterisk saying we may replace with another Lynch at some point, but I'm okay. The, I'd be the okay Nashville. The, list. the Nashville yeah, like agreement. The, like, like what we did for Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then um, and then a couple question marks because these these were ones that you sounded open to, but were maybe wavering on. First, would you put in Karate Kid over Rocky? Ooh, yes. <sighs> I'll say yes. I would also say yes. Dang, I'm gonna say yes. Going, going, gone. I I really <laughs> like Rocky, but I think Karate Kid is I think better. That, I, that it's ex- better. That excites me as a as a yeah. thing. Like, hey, what if we take Rocky off? Actually, isn't Karate Kid maybe better? I think it might be better. Written by the same person. It's good. There, yeah. Okay. There you go. You know what? You know what? I'm going to do it for Pat Morita. Okay. Yeah. All done. right. Yes. Done. I love it. Ooh, I love it when we get to take classics off the list. Me too. By the way, I saw Shane really big last weekend and everybody loved it and was happy. And I thought, I'm sorry, Shane. I think we're a little hard on you, but goodbye. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, Jean Dielman, uh, we or knee? N- no. No. Wow. Why have you even given a reason why you don't like John Dielman? I think I feel weirdly reactionary to it, like in the Jean Dielman. I feel like I'm getting swept away by the Jean Dielman, by the exciting moment of watching her chop potatoes. And I and I think I'm feeling the same way about Jean Dielman this year that I was about RRR last year, where like I loved watching the epicness of Jean Dielman. I had so much fun. I had so much fun talking about that movie with you. And now I think I'm not, I think I didn't put it on my list just to be reactionary about it because I was nervous I was getting swept away. Well, there we go. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm hearing a yes. Yeah. I'm, hearing I'm hearing a, a yes too. The movie that's the number one on the AFI list, I, I think it's or an the, interesting. The sight, oh, sight, sight, sight and sound list, yeah. But yeah. Oh wait, is what does Casey think? No. Um, 
We just gave Casey a big window by putting on Karate Kid, so he should be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. I think I think I think we're leaning no on this as a group. All right, I, I'm a mixed on it. What but Dealman? I'm... Yeah. Uh, can we oh, slip on it? Can we sleep on it? Can we do the RRR asterisks? Because RRR okay. was very difficult for me last year, but now I feel easier saying no. I feel like next year I might have an easier time saying yes to Jean Dillon. Okay, mm-hmm. I like that. I'll buy that. I love that they're fighting off for the same position. I know, though. I know. Yeah, that, that is really funny. I know. All right, one last question mark. Thelma and Louise, yay or nay? I might go yay, actually. I I'm going to go yes. I'm provisionally a, a, a yes. I, yeah. like, I loved it when I first saw it. I just haven't revisited it, but I, I've always loved it. Yeah. You I've never seen this movie, Brad. but I like, the, I like the spirit of putting it on. Baby I Brad. I say let's do it. All right. Yeah. Baby Brad. Baby uh, Brad. Okay. Strong Susan chicks. and Gina. Mm. Let's go. All right. So, so that means, uh, that means the, the class of season four of Unspooled, Die Hard, Election, Blue Velvet, Thelma and Louise, The Karate Kid, Abel Brooks that we're going to vote on, and Tim Burton that we're going to vote on. And we're putting a pin in Sean Dillman. I love it. Fair I like enough. It too. I like it Fair too. Enough. I like it too. I'd like to give a shout out. The writers we're leaving to a movie we haven't talked about. I'll just shout it out even really briefly. I voted for it. Jess voted for it. In Bruges. Uh, <gasps> yeah. One of the great yeah, scripts. Yes, great scripts. I love it. I'm not positive yet on that. It's not, not my, fa- maybe not in the list of a hundred. It's one of those movies I really love. Just not positive. There might be a day when yeah. we say, wasn't that the greatest Colin Farrell performance? But who Could knows? be. We'll see. We'll Could see. Be. Yeah. Also, only Paul put Black Swan. I thought about it for a minute. I do, do want to honor know, Black great. Swan and, and say your choice. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Honor its name. I mean, Darren Aronofsky, <laughs> you know, it's another person. That, There's other opportunities. Yeah, other opportunities. Yeah. There will be other chances yeah. for Aronofsky. I think we got to go with our gut on a lot of this stuff. I feel yeah. like very good yeah, with where, right. we are, where we're at. Yeah. I feel solid yeah. about it. And I think that we can go... We can go home today knowing that our work is done, and uh, and we can always revisit these in the in the, in the future. All right, we gotta yeah. we gotta play that song. In the that arms is it. Of the angels. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we can all agree that this conversation should also continue online on Discord. Go to discord.gg/paulshear in the entire unspooled section. You, we want to hear what you all are thinking too. Maybe we'll get swayed by you. I want to give a big thank you to Devin for coming back two episodes in a row. Woo-woo. Thank you, Josh and Jess, obviously here all the time. And uh, and a big uh, a big thank you uh, from France, uh, you know, because obviously, <laughs> you, you know, it, it's, it's very uh, it's very hard to uh, make sure that uh, we represent everybody. But Casey, uh, thank you. Casey, thank you. Casey, um, also not French. Just going to say that <laughs> once in this, uh, at the end of episode two. <laughs> love it. Whew, Amy, that was a brutal but. Honestly, a great way to add to the list. We didn't add too many, and I'm so glad we had some other people here to help us break it all down. Now, it's a brand new year, and we got to start off our new year with a banger. And this is a film that just was added to the American Film Registry. We've already done this director a handful of times, and we're going to do him again. James Cameron's Terminator 2 Judgment Day. That's right. We're going back to the well of Cameron. I cannot wait to talk about this movie. You can get it wherever you stream films, but we'll be talking about the theatrical cut, not the director's version, the theatrical cut. So make sure you watch the theatrical cut of Terminator 2 Judgment Day. You can get that uh, at your local public library on Canopy or Hoopla. You can check out those apps. Anyway, we're going to break it all down. And Amy, we have one week to get ready for Judgment Day. Are you ready for it? Dun, 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 dun. 
Dun, 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 dun. I cannot wait. We will see you next time. Or as our friend Arnold Schwarzenegger might say, we'll, we'll be, be back. back. A big thank you to our producer, Josh Richmond, our associate producer, Jessica Cisneros, our engineer, Casey Holford, and our executive producers, Cody Fisher and Amelia Chapelo, and our MVP, Molly Reynolds. Our theme song is by Michael Cassidy, and our fan art is by Kim Troxell. Follow Unspooled on Twitter and Instagram and join in the conversation about all things Unspooled on the Paul Shear Discord at discord.gg slash Paul Shear. Unspooled t-shirts are available at tpublic.com slash unspooled, and you can get a deck of Unspooled playing cards and more merch at podswag.com. Finally, See the official API list of Unspooled Films and more about the show at unspooledpod.com. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks.